Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. So this week is all about riding. And the first question is from Jakara. And she asks about the rain, clarification on the rain position. So this is when she's riding in a halter. So the halters have a bit of a knot underneath the chin. And she's just wondering, when you're riding forward, where should the knot sit? If it's slightly tilted back, wouldn't it make the horse think that it should be ready to back? But if you have it loose so the knot sits straight, then wouldn't the horse think it should be standing still, as that's how the, how the knot sits when the horse is grounded in the saddle and also on the ground? I like your question, Jakara, and uh, and and uh, if you've ever heard me at a clinic, I know Jakara from from a few clinics, and we've been working uh, with, with her um, chestnut horse, fixing a lot of brace. And, and us at the last clinic that I went to in Queensland, I was, uh, you know, I, I saw a different horse, which which what I mean in the different horse, which, which I was most impressed about, was a horse that had about three people around him in the arena, and just stood there very quiet whereas usually he's on high alert and full of brace and things like that so um, but um, and sometimes at clinics uh, I guess when you've got the microphone you, you think well I'll say I'll say something and then I'll, it'll be a bit of a philosophy or a principle or something like that and then 10 minutes later I'll say oh by the way I'm going to contradict what I just said um, a little while ago um, and it's not a contradiction but but what you've just found there is something that I'm teaching on the ground, which sometimes could not necessarily contradict completely, but um, when you ride, the, you, you've asked the, the crucial question, because on the ground, and, and to explain to, to everyone else that's listening, is um, when I'm working on the ground uh, with a horse, there's the knot that's underneath the halter, and then when that, when that knot starts to shift, that is when, when you want the horse to start to become aware and start to shift its thoughts in preparation for movement in the direction of, of where that knot is shifting. So when you pick up a feel to the left or the right or the back up, you'll see that horse shift in preparation for for that movement. And then when I neutralise the rope, which means that knot hangs dead plumb, then that, that horse stops. So as I said, uh, you know, as I was answering a question uh, on catching a while ago and it was about movement. Reins are for movement, not for not for stillness. So when you still the rein, that's when that's when you hang the horse over stand. Um, so so basically on the ground, our, our horses are shifting in all different directions with that not just like a joystick kind of thing. So when you ride, there's a point where you loosen up on a rein, and it's gonna and that knot's gonna hang plumb. So and for the people who ride in a bosal like a hackamore, so the bosal's the bit that goes around their nose, the hackamore's the the whole kit and caboodle, I suppose. Uh, you know the headpiece with the bosal in it. But, but basically when you pick up that bosal, uh, that knot picks up and that horse prepares itself, you know, to carry itself better or prepare for a backup. But when you hang that down, the horse knows it's free to just relax and go forward and things like that. And the holder works in a similar, more loose fashion than, than as the bosal. So when the knot picks up in a holder, and, 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 and more directed to Jakara's horse, at the stage they're at, um, with what 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 you're doing, Jakara, is um, you're going to loosen that knot, and when you're riding, that's when your seat and your legs come into play. So, but obviously, when you're riding, that principle of when the knot hangs, the horse just stands there. Um, the horse will start to know your intention. So, 
when you say I'm intending to stop and you hang those reins out and you just sit up sit up straight and you're not asking for any forward then 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 you'll hang that horse over a stop but a horse is allowed to move forward when that that knot is kind of hanging kind of plumb underneath it without you picking up on the reins so you know when people just push their hands forward to ride forward because they just want that horse to loosely go forward um, that knot will just hang because you can't throw that knot forward like you could if you were leading out in front of your horse so that's where your, your horse knows the intention because your seat and your legs might take over to say I would like you to walk forward and you continue a forward thought um, so your horse will understand that you're asking and your intention is to go forward through what you've asked with your legs but if your intention is to ground then you'll pick up the horse get it to think backwards maybe step back a bit and then you'll hang that knot and because your intention in your seat and your legs just said I'm I'm standing grounded here and we're not moving you'll hang that knot and the horse goes well the knot's hanging the person's hanging in neutral not going forwards so I'm going to hang in a stand right there where they've hung me there so that's how I would use the knot later on and, and it might be today or tomorrow it might be in a little while or maybe next time we visit is um, when he's ready for it there'll be a stage that you'll pick up on the reins and that knot will start to come back and, and his body will prepare for backup but your intention in your seat and legs might say I would like you to continue forward and he'll go oh I'm going to start to pick myself up and just carry myself just a little better and rounder but, but your intention through your legs and your seat is asking me to ride forward so I know this is a forward thing because once you're riding there's a point in, in that, that your, your seat and your legs are going to be override uh, you know the, the reins are always there for steering and directing the horse's thoughts but that that forward impulsion will be always over you know that will be it's your seat and your legs that will control that um, and 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 also it will come into backward impulsion too when when you put a bit more performance on your horse but um, so so yeah basically your seat and your legs will override that that not hanging down and say I'd like you to continue moving forward um, but but yeah later on and that's the next question people ask me is you know if you teach it when you pick up on the reins for the horse to prepare to back up then when I pick up on the reins I want to ride into contact my horse is thinking it's got to go backwards I'm going yeah but there's a point when when your horse is really loose and supple that you can override that backwards movement with forward intention through your seat and reins. Um, sorry, through your seat and legs. Yeah, I hope that doesn't get you too lost, but um, but yeah, that's 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 the way I'd be looking at it. But thanks, Jakara. It's a good question because it could, you know, when I say something on the ground, it does it, it doesn't necessarily conflict, but there are little issues under saddle that you've got to address. Okay, staying with the reins. Um, I've got a really great question here from Diane, which I'm sure a lot of people have been thinking about as well. So she would like to know what are the signs that you're looking for to know that your horse is thinking in the direction of the reins. She can see that her mare that she's riding has her ears pointed and she's looking in the right general direction. She's going through the motions, but Diane feels that she's actually thinking elsewhere. What does she need to watch for exactly to know that your horse is actually thinking in the direction that you're going in? Yeah, that's a good question, Diane, because every, everything I'm, you know, a lot of, lot of, when it gets to under saddle, even on the ground, a lot of times I get on a horse, someone's horse at a clinic, 
and they see me do the same thing a lot and it's not that I just treat every horse the same it's just that every horse I meet that's got an issue uh, whether it be separation anxiety uh, in you know anything rearing doesn't matter I pick up a left rein or a right rein and I and I work out is it adding worry to the cup or disconnection or is the horse connecting to that rein and I don't do anything else until I figure that out uh, and, or, and or try and make a change in that area so I might pick up a left rein and say can you bring your thoughts to the left and the horse goes no I think right I'm going to push right um, and I wait there and, and just to sort of because this is uh, I met with you at, at the, at the, at the um, clinics up just just recently Diane I know the exact horse you're talking about and just for everybody else listening I think it's good to sort of talk a bit about the mare that you're talking about is your older mare who's who's been your reliable mare but she's been a worried mare that carries brace and always thinking uh, out over the horizon and also what you told me is um, a lot of trainers said I don't she'll always be like that because she's a um, a scout mare and I and I and, and now I agreed that you know she might have more of a scout tendency you know as a, or a lookout tendency I said it's not 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 it's not just that's the way it is and that's the way it'll always be um, and it's not fixable so um, and one particular lesson I sat on your horse and I doubled your lessons up so we could sit on her long enough to sort of help her with the braces I sat on her and didn't really move her anywhere or, or only asked for one step at a time and I held the, held the left rein because her strong tendency was to constantly escape through the right eye primary focus through the right eye and I held that left rein and she went through sweats and everything she went through like sweats where she was sweating and we didn't really move anywhere but it was almost like a very difficult thing for her and and you know so she she got she's just and I just waited and waited and I think I waited on her for half an hour just sitting on the back waiting and what I noticed is she could think left without moving her feet just a little bit she'd think left as soon as she picked up a foot as soon as that left foot started to move or, or think about moving or any feet started to move she'd boom the thoughts would go back out that right eye and then she gave me a change where she could pick up a left foot and move her left foot and the thoughts would stay left and then I said I rewarded her there and said well thanks for shifting your left foot but what, but what I started to notice as that foot started to land as soon as that foot landed then the thoughts would go right so the first reward was think left without moving your feet the second the, the second question once you could do that was can you lift your lift can you just lift a foot without thinking right and then she could suddenly move a foot without thinking right and then all of a sudden she could move a foot and place it and that was when she'd made the proper change in her mind is she could put pick her inside foot up move it and place it without thinking to the right and I reckon that's the first time she's ever done that in the maybe 15 years that she's been under saddle the reason is is because she went through the sweats and everything because her mind was so fixated on safety at a destination somewhere and she'd done that a whole life that it was a it was a, a big experience trying to get through that brace but when she shifted that thought the next day you felt that horse go oh, I can just relax and 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 she even started to trot hanging her thoughts to the left and just trotting around not trying to escape so that was a it was a, a bit of an ordeal in that process to let go of that brace the, the 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 benefit of being on the other side of the brace is is so important and that's why I've explained that little story to everyone in the audience is because a horse that is constantly seeking safety in the future or in a destination out there carrying a brace but feeling obedient is constantly slightly traumatized uh, or even more than slightly traumatized as in, as in quite a bit traumatized 
and, and, and shifting the brace is so important, no matter how hard it may be, sometimes it's really important to shift that. Um, so what I was looking for, and this is where I'll start answering your question, uh, when I was writing her, I was looking for her, the inside eye, if you watch that inside eye, it rolls backwards or forwards, so, so horses are not like chameleons, as in, I can imagine trying to ride a chameleon, it'd be hard because one eye can be over there and the outside eye can be somewhere else. But with a horse, though their eyes are on the side of their head, they're like people, they can't shift one eye over here and one eye, their, their eyes are always shifting in the same direction. So, so you'll see the inside eye start to roll in and soften. Usually it'll kind of look a little softer and rounder as it rolls in. Um, and, and that'll be it starting, that'll be it's more of its primary focus, like walking across to that left window. So I, I, I talk about Rapunzel that sits in the castle and, and Rapunzel is, so there's a castle with a window on each side and Rapunzel is the primary focus and, and sometimes when she's anxious she always looks out the right window because the prince is going to save her and someone said the prince is over at the right window. So she's fixated through that right window when she's anxious, but when she's relaxed, Rapunzel will go and check out the left window and the right window and things like that. So a lot of horses, you have to maybe bring some of that anxiety down before they'll actually um, send their focus to the other eye, especially if they've been fixated on one side most of their life. Um, so basically, when that primary focus shifts over to that side, you see a shift in that eye, and when the horse is thinking that turn, that insight, well, we was, you'll also see, and in, in your mare in particular, she 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 was easy to see because she'd always cock her head a little right too. So she'd, and I think that was because she was always bracing to a bit of pressure all the time. So she'd learned to lock in the jaw like that. So so you'd see a jaw lock when she wasn't thinking as well. So she'd be slightly tilted to the right. But a lot of horses, you'll see that jaw loosen, the eye will soften, the jaw will start to loosen. And, and that inside ear will open and the cup of the inside ear will kind of open and flop into that direction a little. Um, and, and that's when they're sort of going left. So the, the ins, inside eye will, 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 will come back a little and soften as it's like it's looking over there. The jaw will loosen and the horse will start to look like it's so, so in, the, in the apex. And, and um, it'll all loosen up so the horse can just gently look because it's a willing look and the ear will soften and then and then what really sort of to me is the horse being very comfortable with turning that way is the outside ear will flick around and start to go in that direction as well like it's following that turn around um, and, and, and the reason I say that outside ear is kind of like pretty important is because a horse can acknowledge that left rein they can flick an ear to the left rein and go I feel that but that doesn't mean they've let go of the, the, the idea that they want to go right. So sometimes people see an ear flick and go, I've got it. But um, it's almost like me driving along going, yeah, I heard you. Put my thumb back there like that and going, yeah, I got it, but I'm still going that way. So sometimes that ear flick will just be like, I can feel that rain, but I haven't let go of that right thought. So that's why I want to see the eye and the inside ear, because that eye roll means the horse has got to look there. It's looking there. It's wanting to look there. Ear flick. And then the outside ear, to make it a bit better with that outside ear, is it means the horse is not as tuned into all the little things that happen over there, which means it, it, it takes that direction a bit better. But a horse can sort of have its primary thoughts going left and still pick up something happening over on the right-hand side and flick an ear. So it's not the, it's not the end of the world if, 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 if that right ear doesn't always follow around nice, but it's usually a much nicer turn when it does. I hope that helps, Diane. But look for those signals. They're the ones I look at. And, and the other thing is, like, the spine. 
in a horse, like you'll feel the whole back the way they want to turn. There's a lot of horses and people, you know, you guys that are listening in the audience will say, oh, I've got a horse like that, is you'll turn one way and it feels like the saddle's rolling in the wrong direction. It feels like it's t the horse is tipping you over and it's tipping you off. Um, and you wonder why there's something wrong with the horse or it needs a chiropractor because its hips are out. If you get that horse to think in the direction and it's willingly going that way, that, that'll fix that saddle roll as well because the horse will be balanced in that direction and, and, it's, and, it's, and its feet and its whole body will be going that way and the saddle will stay straight. So that, that'll fix a lot of that you know, feeling that you're going to tip over on your horse when they turn. Okay, Mark, Beck's got a question. She's got, well, she wants to know what she should be working on. She's got two red flags and um, that she can see with her horse, Big Red. First, he's very stiff and he blocks his shoulder to the left. They're currently working on bending to the left rein, which is struggling to do without using the outside rein open. And also, he's not going forward and she's finding that she's using too much leg. So she's just wondering what she should be working on first or she should be tackling both of them at the same time. Yeah, the, Beck, it's, a, it's a interesting what you're going through there because... Um, so you could ride in the arena without reins and do one day without reins and just go, I'm just going to go this, but obviously you have to be in the arena so you've got a bit of a fence else, and just say, when I ask for legs, I want you to move forward and every time you stop, you have to allow your horse to stop and say, I'm going to ask you to move again. So the reason you allow your horse to stop is so there's room to move and that can be just a leg lesson to say, it's your responsibility to keep moving. Um, the only catch is, um, I know there's a problem in your reins, so I wouldn't necessarily, you don't always fix accelerator through the legs because some of the slowing down in horses is, is directly related to the, the brace or lack of understanding in the reins. So in, 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 you could separate those two lessons. So you could say, I'm going to ask you to go with your legs, use your legs, your horse starts moving and you just sit there quietly like you're sitting on a chair watching television. Some people say, oh, but if you're watching television on the chair, on your seat, then the horse is going to think you want to stop. Well, in these early stages, this is just a leg lesson, and you just want to sit there and have no impulsion because it's so important for your horse that you are always behind your horse in impulsion because a lot of horses like that are slow and don't want to move forward, it's very easy for people to sort of get all energetic and want to make them go. And then as soon as they go have a rest, the horse just falls out from underneath them. So I sit there without any ounce of impulsion, like I'm just resting, and I just say legs mean move forward. And then if the horse stops, I allow them to stop because it's their responsibility to keep going. I'm not going to say keep going, keep going. I allow them to stop and I say, oh, by the way, uh, can you go faster? So, so faster means if the horse has stopped, you go back to that sort of medium fast walk that you wanted. And then you just sit there and when the horse stops, in, it stops again, you say walk again. And you just stay completely quiet and till your horse stops stopping. And then when it stops stopping, you'll start to watch it carry a forward thought. And then that forward thought might turn into a slightly faster walk because the horse will realise it's its responsibility to keep going. Now that's a lesson you can do without reins. And you might only just turn the horse when, when you get to a fence or something like that. But if you're in a sort of a yard, it doesn't really matter because the fence is, you know, the horse will get to a fence and go another way until it eventually just starts to walk around without stopping. But what I'm getting a feeling of, and I, I would tend to do the reins first, um, is a lot of horses stop in the reins. You'd be surprised how common it is. They stop in the reins. When you pick a left rein, they kind of brace, and you feel their whole body and feet slow down because they're braced, and they don't know how to think into that rein. 
and they don't have to move into the rain. And when I talk about leading, picking up the feel of a lead rope is creating a movement, not creating a stop. The only time you stop your horse with a lead rope is when you hang that lead rope plumb. So the other lesson that I do, and I call this the two-second rule, it's like um, you, you've got to set yourself a rule. So um, if your horse stops for more than two seconds, the feet stop for more than two seconds, then you could um, put a dollar in the swear jar, for instance, until, and then it's going to make you think about how many times your horse stopped for two seconds. So every time your horse stops for two seconds, you've got to take a dollar out of your purse, put, put it in the, uh, we won't call it the swear jar, we'll call it in the, the brace jar. So basically you sit on your horse and you take, take, hold the rein until it moves. You just hold it, keep holding the pressure on it. Don't, don't, if the horse bends right around your boot, you just keep holding it with a little bit of pressure on it. Keep the pressure on until your no horse legs. decides to shift. No legs. Just from a, you just sit there like you're on a chair. Until, it might take you a while, your horse understands that reins are for movement. It can be back up, you know, you can back up to get the feet moving, you can turn left, you can turn right. Um, but basically, if you feel your horse stop, you just take a rein, left rein, right rein, back up, whatever. Uh, later on, when you understand rein positions and different things and your horse is a bit better, you can start to do indirect rein and your horse moves with the reins. And I do that lesson with people that have got really bracy horses because a lot of them don't want to move forward. And it sounds like yours is, doesn't have a lot of confidence, doesn't move forward. So you can work on legs all day long, get your horse moving forward, but I guarantee that as soon as you pick up a corner on your horse, you will lose all that forward because your horse is still blocking and slowing up with the reins. So you start from nothing, you start from stopped, and then the horse realizes, crikey, I've got to climb myself into movement through these reins. Until you can take your right rein, like an open rein, the horse will step into a turn. You can take an indirect rein, the horse will bend and move its hindquarter over. And no matter which angle you put on those reins, the horse is freely shifting in accordance to the reins. And once you've achieved that, you go back to moving and going into a turn, and your horse will realise that, well, I've gone from standstill into movement with a rein. Well, I'm not going to go from moving into a standstill with a rein because reins are to open me up, not close me down. And if you put those two together, then you'll have a free-moving horse that accelerates well with legs, but it also doesn't decelerate every time you take up a different rein position. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really important. But that didn't, that, that's just the, the, the principle behind it, which I'd like to sort of explain. But for your particular horse, there's some little, the ones that block on the jaw, which means they block, they think right or left, depending on which way. I'll just say one side for now so it doesn't get confusing. So you pick up a left rein, the horse blocks and thinks right. What happens, the shoulder falls in because it's, it's, that brace started up there and it, and it just goes right down through the body. And then the horse pushes in and falls in a bit like a motorbike. So a few things that I'd fix that problem with is I'd pick up the left rein at a standstill and I'd just get the horse to cock its thoughts to the left and then I'd release. So there is one lesson that I do that looks a bit like lateral flexion, but it soon turns into a movement, is I just get them to cock and bring their thoughts to the left and just loosen the apex and the jaw and just look, look across a little, flop that ear in a bit and just go, ah, I'm looking there. And then you might just go, um, you know, so get, get your horse feeling good about that one. But there's also a rein position that I use for horses that are really... Um, got stuck over the years of just pushing in on that inside foot and, they, and when you pick up a left rein they almost push a lot of pressure on that inside shoulder and they, 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 they weight up on it a little uh, or a lot is, is I'll pick up the rein up close to their neck and I'll just start to lift it not towards my torso to get the hindquarter to come it'll be kind of up in the air 
and I'll lift it up and just slightly across a little against their neck and I'll hold it and I'll kind of go, geez, I can't shift into that because it's blocking me. And then you just keep an upward lift in it and you'll feel them eventually try and figure out how they can sort of rebalance themselves and you'll feel them take weight off that inside foot. They'll kind of bend in a little bit and take weight off that side and they might even move across or back off and take weight off a little, either or either. It doesn't matter. You're doing that from a standstill, so you start that from a standstill. And you do on both reins till I can sort of shift across and their wither will come, uh, so if it was the left rein, their wither will come up and across a little. So as if their shoulders are going to come across to the right. Um, and you do that one on both sides and that's also a way of saying I'm going to pick up the rein, but picking it up like this means pick up and shift across a little. Don't just drop in all the time. And that's why you have to use the geometry of the reins to help your horses and use a more upward rein instead of a low rein that opens. Um, so you pick up into the air and the horse will go, oh, I can't bury down into that, so I'm going to have to lift up into that. And, 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 and that's important in, in the way they rebalance to the reins. But that and, and getting to softly think into that rein. Um, and then the other thing is, is hindquarter yields can fix a lot. So, so from a standstill, if you can bend your horse fairly all the way around and then put them in a little bind and then they can start moving their feet and freeing up that hindquarter as well, that's really important in, in getting them to not fall into those reins. Um, and, and yeah, then, and then and there's a video I think Jenny's going to mention in a second, which is a video where I'm using an inside upward lifted rein to get a horse to kind of shift across in the shoulders a little. Um, and you could do this, uh, as I said just then, at a standstill, and then that turns into a movement where you can take the horse out with the shoulders um, with the inside rein. But bearing in mind that going out with the shoulders doesn't mean in the early stages of training that the horse's thoughts are going out with the shoulders. The horse's thoughts are going in, but the shoulders are just shifting right a little. So left rein means think to the left, but just shift your wither and your shoulders out to the right a little. And you want their primary focus still to be on the inside rein, the rein that you're picking up. Um, and then that'll help them a lot, yeah. So Beck, I've sent you... Uh, um, the sort of two videos that are directly linked to what Mark's just been talking about. I sent them straight to you so you can um, find them on the membership. And the next question, Mark, which is the last question for now, is from Rosie. Rosie is wanting to take her horse in some overnight rides in the high country in Victoria with a trail riding group, and she's wondering about how you would go about introducing a horse to a crapper. Um. Good one, Rosie. It's, you, you don't see croppers, even on saddles. I see a lot of saddles at clinics years ago. Well, even when I bought my Fender saddle, that was 17, 18 years ago. 17, 18, 2003. I think that's when the saddle was made. So, and, it, and I had to screw a cropper mount onto it because when I was starting a lot of horses, a lot of people wanted croppers on their horses for, for steep country. And, you know, it's um, the idea. And, but the thing is, and I just want to make this clear to you and everybody else that's listening, is... Croppers are there only for the downhill sections. If you're using a cropper because your saddle slips forward, then constantly, uh, you know, all the time, then there's a problem in in the, your the, the, you know your saddle and your horse, and that could be the shape of the saddle, where the girth is hanging, and all those other things. So the way the girth hangs, how plumb the girth hangs on your saddle, and how it snugs into your horse's back, um, your horse's shoulders, the back, everything like that. Um, a cropper can do a lot of damage to a horse if you're using it to keep the saddle in place constantly because it'll rub rub them a lot. 
So the crop is only there for when you get in really steep country, just to stop the saddle slipping over, and, and then when you get back in normal sort of going, the saddle should comfortably sit in the right spot without any pressure on that cropper. Um, so bearing that in mind, you know, so I'd say undulating country in reasonably steep hills, you shouldn't need a cropper if, 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 you, if everything's working right, saddle and horse-wise. Um, but you've got the cropper there for the really, you know, tricky stuff. But for a short amount of time, it's not, 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 not a big, big problem just when, it, when it's pulling for a long time because it's such soft skin underneath there so when you do get a crupper also make sure it's that really soft rolled pig skin you know like the soft pig skin croppers that are made well and, and, and you shouldn't have too many problems because years, the years we, we did horse tracking and stuff like that obviously with every croppers on the pack saddles and stuff like that um, and never had too many problems only, only when it was sort of pulled up too tight for too long so introducing your horse to the cropper is basically, you know, the first is that it's going to be a handling exercise. You've just got to get them comfortable with um, putting it on and off to start with. So, so really, you just want to get down. And you know where horses like getting rubbed and scratched. You know, you're scratching beside the tail and they really like it. And, and, and so, so, so basically, I just start to teach your horse simple tail yields. Just to hold the tail like, like the, you know, the stump of their tail and you just hold it, get them to loosen it and just get them to lift the tail up softly. So you can lift their tail up and they're nice and soft in the tail. And then what you start to do there, because you have to watch out when you're handling their tail because the horse can clamp down really tight. And if you, if, you, if you just suddenly put your hand under their tail like that and you weren't paying attention, they could clamp your hand there and panic and you wouldn't be able to get it out. You know, like when someone's accidentally, you know, teaching a horse or leading a young horse, I've seen this happen where they've been leading it or even on a young horse leading another horse and the horse has switched around and the rope's got underneath their tail and they've sort of clamped it down and you can't get the rope out. Um, so when you make sure you've got the tail really soft and then you just work around that, just right around their anus area, just on either side and, and up underneath their tail on that soft skin. You just work there, you just touch and go, touch and go, touch and go, quick enough that they, that they won't clamp. And as you're holding that tail, you'll feel the horse kind of flinching a little and then you get to a stage that you can handle underneath there and they're not flinching that tail so much and they're soft and they're, you can handle all the way that area so uh, around that area so you, you could pretty well put your hand underneath that soft area and they're not going to um, try and clamp down on it and they're quite comfortable with that pressure. Once your horse is quite comfortable with all that pressure around there and the tail can stay soft up and down and things like that then, then basically all you've really got to do is just get a soft like a soft rope or something like that and just um, put it up underneath there and, and just start to pull pull pressure in the direction that that crop is going to pull if the saddle was you know shifting forward and um, you just watch their reaction you might touch and go for a bit pull pressure release pull pressure release until till your horse goes oh, I'm comfortable with that and then you'll just start to get to a point that your horse you can pull that pressure up and your horse doesn't panic too much if you run too early, if you put it on too early and you put a rope around their tail too early and things like that, what will happen is, is they'll buck and, or they'll pig root, they'll, they'll kick up and run forward and it'll become a bit of a worry and then, then you'll still have to go back and do what I've just told you, which is do more handling there first. But once you've got that rope in there, the next thing you can sort of do is you can tie a soft rope back to your saddle. Um, and just be careful because it's rope, it's going to have a, more of a friction on it. So, so you, this is only just to, so you can apply and release pressure. Um, and then you have 
one end of the rope back to your saddle and, uh, and then you can sort of lead your horse and the other rope will come around underneath her tail and to you at the front somewhere and you can just lead your horse and gently pull up pressure so the pressure pulls tight and you can just keep your horse forward going forward and see what their reaction is but if they get too panicked you can always release off a little and it's not pulling hard on, uh, right up behind, behind them so you can release until you can go forwards and backwards in hand pull up that pressure, release it, pull up that pressure, release it and, and they're, they're comfortable with it um, and then when you ride you have a loose you start off riding with a fairly loose cropper and uh, all I do and, and, and also do this when you're riding so so um, just as a precautionary measure especially for the sensitive horses is just when you're riding your horse if you've got say a day of flat country or two days of flat country and then there's a few steep pinches uh, the, the day after that the horse is not going to feel that crop a day in day out so what I do just as a reminder I'll be riding along through the flat country I'll just put my hand back and just play with that cropper for, 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 for just a minute let go and then maybe half an hour later I might pick up that cropper and, and pull it tight just release it and, and just remind them it's there all the time so you don't do two or three days of trekking and all of a sudden the cropper hits them on a down steep slippery spot and they go oh geez I haven't had that for a few days uh, so just a, just a good reminder to, to just, just keep reminding them if they are pretty sensitive. And take Vaseline. Yeah, Vaseline as well. That's like, like any chafing. Um, take Vaseline and have it, have it there even, you know, on the days you're going to do some steep country and stuff like that. You, could, you can, yeah, a well-oiled cropper, you know, that's, that's well-oiled, not a hard old dry thing. And, um, and, yeah, you can always put the Vaseline on first when you go, when you go into that really steep country to, to help any of that sort of chafing. Okay, thank you very much for your questions, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.